how many people i reckon pretty much what 80 percent of the people in our business in the film business are self-taught mm. or by looking at other people it's, yeah. it's just hard graft it's not an easy route <laughs> Well now, Todd, how, how's your week been? How are you feeling? You sound better. Thank you. I'm, I am feeling much better. You know, I'm still trying to find that balance between being productive enough and overdoing it. Mm -hmm. Some days I'll, it'll just all of a sudden sneak up on me and I have to go sit down. But I'm feeling a lot better. I think I'm going to be off the blood thinners um, by the end of March. Woohoo! Amazing. Oh, that's um, good. And, you know, it's, it's great to have stuff on my plate i got i got things to do and i'm digging it i'm doing uh eight masks for a children's theater production of the little prince that i'm having a ball with um three three unique characters the fox a snake and the, and the rose character i don't know if you're familiar with the little prince i'm not but they sound like fun man yeah it's because i think we were a little too old when it when when it came out I certainly was, um, but it's 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 a great show. It's a, a wonderful message for kids. It's it's all about love and acceptance and being who you are. It's it's a it's a great great show for kids. And then there are five other characters. There's a businessman, a lamplighter, a king, a conceited man, and did I say businessman? Anyway, the five five other characters that I'm doing okay. uh, masks for, and I'm using all the the same basic shape for the um, one one mask shape for these other five characters, all with different paint schemes and different hair. So so they'll look similar, but they'll be different. Kind of like um, who is the actor who played the Wizard of Oz? Oh, jeez. And no. Professor Marvel. You know who I'm talking about. Because he, he played the wizard, Professor Marvel. He played the, the carriage driver in the City of Oz and also the gatekeeper. Mm -hmm. So one actor, four different looks. So that's kind of what I was thinking for these other characters in, in The Little Prince. And I'm having a ball. That's awesome. The, Have you got quick change times? Together. Yes, very, very quick change times, which is mm -hmm. why, why we're doing it this way. Wow. Awesome stuff. Yeah. Well, that's cool. And boy, uh, I can't wait for people to hear this new podcast. Yeah, um, it was good fun, wasn't it? Yes, it, it really sparked a lot of stuff in me. You, you guys had a wonderful conversation I, that I wish I could have been part of. Well, I'll, I'll just I'll just mention to everyone who's wondering what it is. This week, I'm talking to uh, my first ever boss in the effects world was Pauline Fowler, who um, her and Nick Williams and at the time also Daniel Parker ran uh, animated extras. And um, yeah, I've been meaning to talk to her for a while. And uh, she uh, she agreed a time, and we sat down and chat. Animated at Shepperton Studios, and we sat down for a couple of hours. It was awesome stuff. Well, you had a wonderful conversation, and it really brought up a lot of stuff in my head that I'm mm -hmm. hoping you and I can can chat a, a bit about before we get into the podcast. And in sure. case anybody's interested, you know, uh the company that that Pauline runs with her with her business partner is is a company called Animated Extras. So they do do a variety of things and what she started talking about with you that that 
brought up a lot of stuff in me is is talking about art mm -hmm. and you know the the and the mgm theme ars gratia artis art for the sake of art mm -hmm. kind of kind of in our business it's it's more of an an ars gratia pecunia with art for the sake of money <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but there's but there's a gray area you know cuz what I'm seeing, and I, I went through and I started making a list of of our peers and, and colleagues, people that we know mm -hmm. or know of, certainly, who have been working for years in the effects business as, as makeup artists, as, as designers, but have either foregone the effects side of the business for a fine art approach or are doing both, which is like Pauline's doing. You know, she's she's doing finite art sculpture as well as as her um, movie and TV side of it. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing more and more of that. It seems to be almost a trend among our, some of our peers getting involved in other things. You know, in retirement, you know, Rick Baker's now doing a lot more ZBrush and he's doing stop motion animation. Mm -hmm. uh, building on on his his foundation that he spent decades working at mm -hmm. uh, but guys like Tim Gore mm -hmm. um Patrick McGee uh Cass McClure Chris Wallace um Michael Spatola George Uchel, uh Mark Tavares um Michael Burnett um Kazu <laughs> Yeah, Kazu, um, Kevin Merck. Uh, though Kevin, you know, you might know him as um, Turkey Merck. He does these these wonderful ceramic coffee mugs, all based on zombies yes. and, and anatomy and stuff. So he's yeah. he's really more of a of a sculptor than than a makeup artist turned fine art sculptor. Jamie Salmon, um, Richard Martin, John Schroyer, I suppose to an extent, even you and me are. Doing doing other things than just makeup anymore, yeah. yeah. Because because of the way the business is, whether it's you know just bullshit on set, or you know crazy hours being you know, first one there, last one to leave, mm -hmm. um, just uh, the way you know it's it's been a back and forth between CGI and practical stuff for some time, mm -hmm. and it looks like now maybe in the long run CGI is going to win out. Mm -hmm. So people that are still well in their, in their working years are looking at options of other things to do that they can capitalize on skill sets they already have. Mm -hmm. You know, when, you know, our parents had one job, you know, they got out of school or they got out of the military and, they went to went to work at the factory or they went to work in the office and that's what they did. Yep. They had they had one career, you know, they were they were taking care of their family. They didn't matter whether they liked their job or not. This is what they did. Yep. Uh, to some extent our some of our our age group are doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, the accountants, the 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 financial guys, you know, the the commercial bankers, that kind of stuff. One one gig through the career, they might change companies, but they're still doing the, the same, same thing. thing. 
Mm-hmm. You know, chronologically, you know, I'm I'm on Medicare now. You know, I'm I'm of that age, but emotionally, I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do when I grow up. And yes, I, and it's it's relative. You know, I told my dad when I was younger, Dad, when I grow up, I want to be an artist. And he said, well, Todd, you can't do both. (laughs) And he was right. He is right. (laughs) My body just hurts more, but I'm not any older. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I I look in the mirror every morning, um, still expecting to see a 12-year-old kid looking back. Damn, I know what you mean. Well, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I think with um, with, with the desire of doing more creative stuff like personal projects and doing things and i think that's always i would say the trade shows have been a big part of that you know the imats and things mm-hmm. because it's given people uh who normally do prosthetics for a living a chance to do the prosthetics they want to do you know for fun mm-hmm. at shows and they get to spend more time on it and they can do exactly what they want and like me i can document the process i haven't got any ndas with you know, people telling me what I can't do. And I actually have more fun doing those. Right. And to do a, a like a display bust that doesn't have the constraints of, you know, a missing nose or a, or a, a jaw half torn off that you'd have yeah. to supplement with CGI or something else that, that an actor would have difficulty, if not outright impossible to wear as a prosthetic, mm. then you can do these really, really wonderful pieces that you don't have to worry about somebody suffocating in mm-hmm. or or not being able to put his whole head into. Yeah, quite so. Yes, I think that's right. And uh, there, there does seem a lot of that. And I think it is probably born out of creative frustration because there are limitations. And, you know, you if if you're lucky, you work a lot of the year doing things for other people to deadlines and you're rushing around. And then, you know, it's weird when it's quiet and if you save enough money that you can take a little time off and not worry, there you are creating something again, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like this thing that has to come out, you know, whether you like it or not. Um, I mean, you've said it before, which is true, I think. It's like you do it because you can't not do it, you know? It's yeah. like it just comes out and you've got to keep keep trying to do it. And I think the thing is to, is to foster things and uh, skills and interests at all times because you never really know where it's going to go. I'll, I'll give you an example this week. I'm videoing some stuff for our next um uh, prosthetics magazine article about you know brush up molds and stuff and i've been videoing it and i'm taking far more care with regards to lighting and camera angles mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff than is necessary because the act of making it is in itself a creative and satisfying endeavor and it's fun it's really fun it's and it really means it fun. ends up looking better and you'll get more out of it hopefully watching and i i certainly get more, rather than just one locked off camera you know, and, and, and just do it, which would be easier. Um, but it's not as much fun. I'm still people doing ask, it pretty quick. Yeah. People ask me all the time, what's my favorite thing to do? And my honest answer to that is whatever I happen to be working on at the time. Mm-hmm. If I'm sculpting, that's my favorite thing to do. If I'm making molds, unless it's one that I'm really outside my comfort zone, you know, mold making is what I love to do. You mm-hmm. know, when you and I are talking and doing the podcast, mm-hmm. there's nothing I'd rather do than this. Yeah, I know. you. It's cool. It's just, it's just a case of giving yourself to whatever it is you're doing and getting that satisfaction out of it, you know, yeah. and knowing in advance before you start that it's, it's worth your time. Um, there's a really good um, 
podcast I listened to, uh, you've heard of Seth Godin? Have we talked about this before? Yeah, I, I, I listened to, to his latest one where he was talking about um, about media and and television and how how everything's evolving. It was great information. I found I found his delivery a little bit monotonic. That That's I, Seth, I, though. I He's was, just like I that. Was, I was kind of nodding off a little bit, but I, the the information was was great, and I and I loved it because, you know, going back to it, after I decided, after you know, after med, I bailed on med school, and I went back to grad school. TV production, you know, programming, TV programming, was was what I wanted to get my master's degree, and I wanted to be the next Brandon Tartikoff or the next Fred Silverman, the guy who was deciding what was going to be the network lineup where I worked in prime time against what the other guys were doing. This is, mm -hmm. you know, when, when cable was just starting to peek its, its head out, mm -hmm. you know, we didn't have all of these different um, outlets that we've got now where my God programming's got to be nightmarish now because highly competitive before now it's got to be ridiculous mm. but you know that was just one of the directions of the windy road i took to get here yeah you know and if you'd asked me when i was in grad school if i would be doing today what i'm doing i would go what's that <laughs> well this is it you never know what's coming around the corner but with with all of those things it is that um that genuine desire to be responsible for something. And I think that is, Oh, I'll put a link to this, by the way, that the podcast I'm talking about is a podcast called Akimbo, A-K-I-M-B-O. And it's by a guy called Seth Godin. I'll put the links in the show notes. Um, but yeah, it's about, I think it's about finding the thing that's important so that you do the work that matters to you. Mm -hmm. And that may be, you know, working on a film because that's what you've aspired to do. But it's quite interesting that when you've done it for a long time, and you've saturated yourself in it, it doesn't necessarily give you everything that you want. What you end up doing is getting better at your craft and realizing that you can't do it to the best of its possible ability in that situation. That's what I find anyway, that I would much rather do the same thing for myself. In, what I mean by that is if I won the lottery tomorrow, I would continue to do what I did today. I just have a nicer workshop and a bigger car <laughs> to get the materials, <laughs> but I'll be, I'll be doing exactly the same thing. I'd have yeah. a nicer camera. I'd maybe yeah. pay someone to edit for me, but, but I would, I would, I would still do it. I wouldn't be like, you know, if you work in picking up trash or delivering mail and you win the lottery, you'd be like, well, I'm not going to deliver a single letter tomorrow because I've won yeah. the lottery. I yeah. don't feel that way about what I'm, I do. On I'm done day -day picking basis. up trash on the highway. <laughs> you'd do something else, yeah. but yeah, but, it's, but with you us, know, you know, so retirement, retirement, what's that? Mm. I think Steve Laporte put it beautifully when we were talking, uh, said, you know, retire to something, yes. not from something. Because yes. I, I can't imagine not continuing to, to pursue some kind of creative endeavor, mm. whether it's writing, drawing, um, building koi ponds, landscaping, you know. These are all things that I, I'm fascinated and intrigued by many things, yeah. you know, yeah. God, to, to have unlimited funds and be able to do whatever you wanted creatively. Wow. Um, do you know, it's an interesting uh, um, 
and I suspect probably, and I can't prove it, I haven't really thought that much with numbers about this, but this is sort of anecdotally in my head, but it feels very like an inversely proportional equation in that people, and I would say probably more people, want to get paid for having a creative job, which is perfectly understandable. Um, but there are fewer people who value creativity and are willing to pay for it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, because I yeah. think easy or it just comes through an app or the bit that's creative can somehow be synthesized in a way that can bypass human effort, which is kind of the point. Let me give you an example. Like, uh, we have cars, right? So that's a very convenient way of mm -hmm. traveling a distance quickly. And so you wouldn't dream of, of, of walking 20 miles to the store if you could drive the 20 miles because it's much, much quicker. But I especially this last week i've been going for quite long walks i'm going for like two hour walks and i'm not doing it because i haven't got a car i'm doing it because i like the act of walking it gives me time to think about stuff and listen to podcasts it gives me exercise and i come back you know i, I go out early and i come back i've got a full day ahead of me i've already done my exercise so even if my day goes to shit or i end up being stuck at a desk or something all day i've already done my stuff i've got out i've had time for me and so what I got out of it was not, it wasn't the journey. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't getting from one place to the other. That was the, the requirement. It was the act of doing it. That was a requirement. Well, it's like you're putting your whole, your whole being on the back burner. It, you know, it gives you the opportunity to have no distractions and to just work mm -hmm. things out. Let, let things just germinate and disseminate and do, do their own thing without yeah. having to, to work at it it's like when you're stuck for for an answer to a problem go work on something else and stop thinking about it your brain doesn't turn it off and go to that other task it keeps working on the solution to that problem in the background and you'll be you'll be doing something else and all of a sudden oh the solution to that problem that had you stumped before presents itself mm. to you and boom, you're back in business. Yeah. You know, if if I had unlimited, if I didn't have to worry about paying my mortgage and putting food on the table, I would do what I do for free. Yeah. You know, I love it that much that mm. I would do it for nothing. But I but I have obligations. You know, you talked about. Um, Figure out what your daily expenses are, add them up for the year, and divide it by you know the number of hours in the day. And that's what your hourly rate is. That's how you figure out mm -hmm. what your time mm -hmm. is worth. And if I didn't have to worry about that stuff, I'd I'd just keep doing this for anybody that wanted it done because mm. I love it. You know, I what I teach for selfish reasons. I love teaching. You know, it wasn't, it was never on my radar. I, I kind of fell into it accidentally through, through the industry and turns out I'm, I'm pretty good at it, but, um, I just lost my train of thought where I was going. You were saying how like you, you teach for selfish oh, yeah, yeah, reasons. Yeah. I mean, I know, yeah. um, you know, I get off, I get off on, on seeing people get excited about the stuff that excites me. Yes. That's, and I like that's when... why I teach. Yes, it is a, it's quite a fulfilling thing, and it's nice. It happens a lot on the 911 page on Facebook where someone will ask a question, 
uh, today someone was asking about edges and it was like oh we, you know we wrote a blog post about that and, and put that up as a link and it was like it, it felt it's it's nice to know what somebody's problem is and be able to sort of explain it to them and I'm the same when I feel when I've got something that stumped me and I go on YouTube and I find someone that's done a video or a tutorial or something that explains exactly what I've been trying to figure out and i don't know even how to ask the question i'm so grateful that someone has addressed it yeah no i love you know, seeing those light bulbs go on over people's heads mm-hmm. it just makes me happy yeah that's exciting that they, you know that people want to pay me to do that or that anybody actually learns anything from me because i'm just sharing what i love yeah it's yeah, very it's, exciting it's and all it's- icing on the cake and, and and if you were doing it for a while as well, you start seeing people, you know, who who break out and they get better than you, you know, and and, and they're better than you could ever be. And it's like, wow, look at that guy go. Right. <laughs> it's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Um, you know, and then they sh- they end up showing you stuff and helping you out and it all just kind of comes back. And I've had I've had but, maybe one or two students in every sculpture class that I've had, you know, and most of the sculpture classes I had, I, I taught at the Art Institute were big classes, you know, 30, 32 students. Wow, that in, is a big class. In, in a class for a four-hour sculpture class. And there's always at least one person who's never touched clay, sculpted anything in his or her life, and finds out that they have a gift for something they never would have known about if they hadn't taken that class. Mm-hmm. To, to see somebody who's never sculpted before bang out something in the course of the term that I go, holy crap. Hmm. I wish I knew how it's to do that. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it is amazing. It's, it's, it's just there. Yeah. And I think this is a thing. I, I mean, I think there are probably lots of things that we can all do well that we just perhaps haven't tried because we didn't like the sound of it. So we didn't do it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and the, you're kind of missing out on things. Um, because you need to try stuff. So I think, I mean, this this career path thing and everything is an interesting one. I think we need to kind of break it down into some kind of practicable steps because it's nice to talk about, but how would how would we answer the question, so how do you sort of fit creativity in your life? Um, and I guess it, I guess the most important thing is, is to not set yourself up a ridiculously high and unattainable level of things you need before you start doing something mm-hmm. because they can become reasons to not start because it's not perfect yeah it's it's know? it's like approaching a sculpture you know mm-hmm. you you rough you block it in with with rough forms and you know you do the details the very last thing because if you try doing mm. detail work right from the start you'll never get finished mm-hmm. yeah it's like trying something grandiose it's it's good to be ambitious and excited and want to do something spectacular but get good at the small stuff first because if you try to take on something you have no idea how to approach more often than not the result is going to be frustration and failure and they won't do it anymore yeah won't come back for it yeah i mean it is i mean i think i think i think doing things on the small scale is good 
I think the other thing that to try is to like like sketches and and, and little like prosthetic sculpts or even figure sculpts, mm-hmm. but you don't have to mold them necessarily. You can just sculpt them. You know what I mean? If you're thinking, well, I need to get the whole room where I'm going to make a mess and make a mold, you don't have to. You could just take photographs of the sculpts. You don't need to go all the way to mold them, and you don't even have to mold them, sculpt them physically. You could get Sculptress, which is a free program, right? And and sculpt it, you know, digitally and just rough it out, that would be a good thing to do as well. I think it's just the act of doing it, isn't it? It's the act of creating things. Like, what's the minimum, you know, requirement that you can have in order to start creating things just for the sake of doing it? Because you get into the habit of doing it. It becomes a regular thing. And then you do become, you know, what you do mostly, you know, and then start creeping up on you. You start doing more of it. I think it's it's very important to try and make it a habit Mm-hmm. to try and do something creative if you're seeking to do a creative thing i think even if it's like you said it's not necessarily the th- the activity like maybe you want to sculpt and you can't because you haven't got a place to sculpt you could do it digitally or you could do sketching or you could do you know what i mean you could do something that's close to it that keeps that part of the brain alive and keeps sure. it over sure and then you'll you know when you can you start sort of fleshing that out but um it's very important to start doing things and i think on a regular basis yeah and and just do it consistently you know Mm. find time to set set a little time aside to do it whether it's writing whether it's sculpting whether it's drawing uh, whatever it is do Mm. find some time set it set it aside to do that and work on Mm -hmm. things that you're not so good at you know if ears give you give you trouble sculpt ears work on ears until, good. until they get until you get good at it if mm. no i saw someone on facebook i posted a picture of some ears they sculpted and it was like that's that's cool you know just sculpting things like like in ears or a nose that's a very good thing to do yeah facial anatomy can be tricky you know sculpting eyes lips noses ears mm. some of the most convoluted <laughs> uh difficult things you can sculpt, you know, getting the muscle groups, that's one thing, but getting the facial anatomy right. And there's some tips and tricks, you know, we're, I, we're going off on a tangent here, but, but there are, there are f- essentially formulas that you can use to get the proportions and placement of facial anatomy correct. But then, you know, getting the, the curve of the, of the nostril and the, and you know, in into the tear duct, it's all of these little things need to be paid attention to and mm-hmm. worked at until they look as good as you can make them look. You know, realism isn't necessarily the goal, but believability is. Yeah, I think it's good to have some kind of um, like work towards something that you can use the things you've created for like for example um you know creating little characters or something for an, you may not make an animation but you could make a series of characters and then take stills of them as if they were from an animation do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? you don't have to you don't have to go the whole way and produce a movie in order to get the satisfaction of doing those things and then you're sort of practicing you know the act of doing that you know in with a means that you you have at your disposal because I do think it's important if you if you don't have a job that gives you creative satisfaction to 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 find a way or a reason to do it uh, you keep coming back to because 
Um, I think this is a thing, you know, we've worked on stuff and I've been very uh, grateful and very satisfied a lot of the time. But there have also been times where it's just like you're doing something and you know that they've only got X amount of time. So you're going to have to bang this out. And whatever you do will be fine. But you know, it's only like 20% of what it could be. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, I just want to do it again. And and how much of what you're doing doesn't, none of what you feel about that matters, you know. So it's quite uh, a privileged kind of snooty thing to be worried about but it does make me think jesus there's it if you if you if you have those creative urges you don't get any part of what you do to let that out that's just going to wind you up and i suspect there's a lot of people like that yeah that these creative ambitions and they're just having a hard time figuring out how they can actually put that stuff into practice but there and needs think- everybody needs to have an outlet to pursue to you know, to, to blow up whether it's your sculpt to blow off steam or you you know like many of us you do it because you can't not do it. Um, I'm going to send you a letter that we can put up as a link also that that Martha Graham wrote to um, Agnes DeMille about the nature of of an artist. Because we're never never satisfied, and and that's okay. You know, how you feel about your work is unimportant. That you do it is everything. You know, trying to find a way to put that out like i was uh, saying i've done some life drawing and the reason i'm doing life drawing is because i like to sculpt a lot of stuff and i think the more you start looking at the body and how it works and how it fits together and i'm not creating characters when i'm doing this i'm just literally drawing the model that we have Mm -hmm. um you know but that 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 exercise is a part of your brain which gets used later on and it's i think it's finding ways to legitimately exercise the brain in those ways to flex those muscles to get them stronger because I do treat, you need to treat them like muscles, I think. Oh um, yeah. Absolutely. And they atrophy if you don't, that's the, that's the terrible thing. Mm. You know, you kind of lose the ability if you don't. So I think you've got to find ways, even if it's just 10 minutes a day where you doodle or something, but you set aside time to do it. I think doodles and drawings are nice because you have a tangible result at the end of it. You know, you can look at it and see what you've done. And you can doodle with, with sculpture. Also, I found mm. that among my sculpture students, their drawing skills improved as a result of them having taken a sculpture class because now you know they've they've got a 3D object that they've been in the past drawing in 2D and now they can can look at it in different perspectives and you know different attitudes and it's you know it's connecting some dots that that hadn't that hadn't been getting connected before and their their skills in, at life drawing improved. I don't know if it's coincidental or not, but that was something that I was seeing. Yeah. I mean, I noticed, even though I haven't done a huge amount of it, you know, I'm just taking this two, three-hour class, but the life drawings really helped me kind of see things because I think the thing about life drawing is because you have very short poses as well, you've mm-hmm. got like two minutes to do the whole body. It really makes you prioritize your you know, pencil strokes to, to, to get down what is needed to get down, which is completely different to how I work when I sculpt. So it kind of takes me out of my comfort zone, but it's still exercising the same part of your brain, but it's a, it's a different part. With you and Pauline, area, you, know? you and Pauline talked about something that I thought was fascinating. And I, I want to, to try this, the, the three minute sock puppet challenge. <laughs> do you know i think that's quite a revealing you'll have to listen to the to the uh, interview to to know what she's talking about but that that seems to me like a very good like a genuinely good way to figure somebody out especially you're trying to give them a job yeah how they cope with that you yeah, know i thought that was awesome <laughs> 
yeah, you get a sock and some bits and bobs. You've got three minutes, that's all. And you've got to make a puppet. And then you've got like 10 other people doing it too. And then suddenly, you know, an element of competition is in there because one of them's going to be fucking great and it's not going to be yours. And you'll be like, oh, <laughs> you know, just try to panic and thrash that up. Yeah. But yeah, no, she, she was very good. I mean, and she's, you know, I've known her for, for Christ, I started on my 21st birthday. So I'm now 45. So I've known her 24 years. So I've known her longer than I've not known her, which is terrifying. And I, you know, I've seen her sculpt. I mean, the first time I ever saw anyone sculpt anything, she'd sculpted uh, a head of, I'm trying to think, who was the, the guy that played the first Dumbledore? Oh, uh, Richard Harris. Richard Harris. And then who was the second guy? Um, Michael Gambone. That's it. He was the he was the guy that uh, was in Mary Riley, who played Mary Riley's father, and he wouldn't or couldn't be life cast, so she had to sculpt his head, and it was he was dead with his head tilted back and his throat had been cut, but it was a, a lightness sculpt, a full head. Wow! And this is the first time I'd ever seen a sculpt. I'd never seen anyone sculpt like professionally and she sculpted his head and I was just blown away that someone could take a lump of mud and make it look like fucking Michael Gap. I was like, Jesus, that's amazing. And I know people sculpt. I was at college and I'd been there, but I'd never seen someone whose job it was to do this. And the real, the reason that it was there was real. She had to do it. She had to bang it out. And it was like, fuck. And you realize that someone that's like watching a sprinter run fast or, you know, a dentist do a routine filling perfectly. Yeah, no, you know, it's, 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 it's only in muscle memory. It's only in this business where, you know, somebody can have what, and what do you do? I'm a sculptor for blah, blah, blah. Cause mm. you know, before getting into this, being a sculptor meant you would sculpt something and then, hope you could get somebody to buy it rather than which would be nice yeah but that's tricky you know that's tricky because like you know back in the day representing things was you know i mean the people would buy portraits like 500 years ago if they were rich i mean i don't think poor people paid a painter to sit there and paint them, right mm-hmm. but there was literally no other way of capturing a moment in time or the image of somebody because there was no other medium available and then as photography came in and replaced that i would imagine you know portrait sculptors tearing the hair out because no one's paying for you know someone to sit and paint for six weeks your portrait mm-hmm. well, and pauline's and a hell are. of a photographer oh she's amazing wow oh yeah she's very good but you know what i mean but it just it just it just affected what it was for and nowadays like not you know people do need sculptures but you would have a hard time saying, I can sculpt, give me money for my sculpture, because most people would think, oh, can't I just download the SDL file and print it myself? You know what I mean? <laughs> there, there's the, no, 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 no one wants to shell out big money for sculpting, for, for sculpture, but everyone would like to be paid well for sculpting. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I mean? It's very odd. Yeah. But through, throughout all of that, I think those that do sculpt, if they sell their sculpts, they obviously feel good about it. But I don't believe at any point they're sort of like drudging through it whilst they're sculpting it because they haven't got the money in front of them. Especially if you're if it's speculative, like you you you're hoping to sell it in the future, but you haven't got to buy yet. You know that, that what sustains you through that self doubt, which we all get, is the joy of doing it. And I think it's trying to find a way to 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 cultivate that joy in a way that you know, you, you actually do have something tangible and good. And also you get better at it as well. Well, I think that's an exercise. I think that's part of the problem of people trying to get creative work for little money is they think, well, you enjoy doing it. So why, why should I 
pay you lots of money for it. Cause, yeah, cause, that is a weird you, one, isn't it? Because you like do, you like doing it. That should yeah. that should be reward enough. Yeah. <laughs> well, if I were independently wealthy, perhaps it would be. But uh, you know, I have a, a mortgage to pay and now medical bills. But uh, you know, I would love love to make some money at it. Yes, um, and it's weird because if you had like you know a plumber. And, you know, he's putting in your toilet and then he sort of let slip that he quite likes plumbing. Would you feel entitled to say, well, I want to pay you less seeing as you're having a good time? <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm only going to pay you if you're having a shitty time and hating every second of it. Um, that that would be the inversely response to, <laughs> to oh, you enjoy it. <laughs> then then uh, thanks. So, and th- well, that, that's a shitty life where every single job is something you hate. Um, I don't like the idea of that. No. So, yeah, but you're right. If people get wind of that, it's like, oh, you enjoy it, then take advantage. And it's like, oh, so how do you make money doing it? It's hard. I mean, the commercial aspect is difficult because, um, you know, you, 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 if you're in that sort of very fortunate position of being somebody that people come to because they, they need you to make something, then chances are, you know, you're making something that they want rather than you want. But you'll enjoy doing it, which is great. But that is not. There's so few people out there that say i want you to sculpt this for me and for everyone that does it's almost like they're only doing it because there's literally no other way they can get that thing if there was a way they could get it without involving you and your labor Mm -hmm. and your time they would you know if if you're trying to sculpt a portrait if there was already in existence an stl file of you exactly why would you pay for someone to sculpt it (laughs) yeah but 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 undeniably if 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 you if you enjoy sculpting you would love sculpting so you're lot you're trying to find ways you know of having those situations where people pay you to do the things you love so it's a very it's a weird one i'm just i'm not quite sure what i'm trying to say it feels to me like you know just understand that most most people you know are looking for the cheapest thing possible and they're not looking for portraits you know to do that kind of thing but it is an absolute joy to do them and it feels good to be that that capable i mean i'm sure there are people that do make plenty of money doing portrait sculptures but do you know it's not like if if i could i don't know strip apart your car and fix it or i could repair your computer or you know or fix your roof i would have more business and make more money mm-hmm. because those are things that keep happening and people will shell out money for. That's the other thing is the leverage you have. If you're a plumber or, or a gas engineer, or you're doing something like, you know, fitting a boiler where you have to, by law, be a certain qualification to do it. And you will want hot water. You know, you won't live in a house without it. So you'll find the five grand it takes to replace that boiler. So you have a, a leverage over people in a way that, you know, I'll tell you an example, right? My car, I got my car fixed a while ago and it was a big job I was with them for a couple of weeks because they had to wait for parts and when I got the invoice in it was about 70 pounds an hour that's how much the mechanic cost now I know they have a lot of running costs and overheads but I don't charge 70 pounds an hour I'd love to be able to charge 70 pounds an hour (laughs) do you know what I mean and that's that's that and there are lots of mechanics it's not like they're a rare thing so whereas you know good portrait sculptures are quite thin on the ground but you know what I mean? I, I bet most portrait sculptures can't charge anything like seventy pounds an hour. No, and so, it's what's well, considered, you know, a luxury item. You know, it's it's for that that disposable income as opposed to 
income set aside for utilities and and mortgages and new clothes for the for the kids and school books and tuition and all that stuff whereas you know it's like cosmetic surgery yes getting a nose job might make you more physically attractive but is it something you really need to to survive to to lose that hump on your nose <laughs> I guess it all depends on how much money you've got. Yeah. Um, where are we going with this, Todd? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but you, you and Pauline <laughs> talked about some of this, some of this stuff. And why I noticed one of the other things that you talked about is because I can't work without music playing. There's, yeah. there's, there's something going on in the shop. No matter what I'm doing, there's always music playing. I, can, yes. I can't work without the background music. Yeah. But Pauline mentioned that, you know, she has a, a playlist that just gets her and, and it she'll loop it over and over again and just get into this groove and be really, really productive listening to a certain music, mm -hmm. a certain song or a certain playlist. How do you decide, you know, how do you find that, that song? How do you, how do you find that music that get, puts you in that place? I mean, I like listening to lots of different things. You know, I have, mm. I have a, I listen to a different style of music on Sunday mornings than I do on Saturday mornings or, you know, evenings when I'm working, I'll put something else on that's, you know, I listen to different, different grooves, different vibes. There, I don't. I don't think there's a specific song necessarily that I want to listen to, over and over that puts me in that productive zone. No, but do you remember that? But music. Uh, Don for Lanning sure mentioned does. that. Do you remember Don Lanning said how he had a track yeah. that he just kept on looping? Yeah, it was interesting, wasn't it? Yeah. I don't know. I think you just know. You know, you have tracks that you feel like you gravitate towards, like foods. You know, when you're in a bad mood or whatever, you'll you'll want something. And it will probably be, you know, a higher calorific, kind of more <laughs> carbohydrate-y. Uh, and if you're higher-minded and in control of things, maybe you'll eat more green stuff with lower calories. So, but you don't sort of make that as a conscious decision. It almost uh, bypasses your ability to make decisions. So I guess if you just have a, if you're, you know, um, musically aware and you listen to a lot of stuff, you'll just find yourself. And Spotify makes it so easy to just, you know, find a playlist. I'm sure you could look up, I'm pissed off an angry playlist, there'll be something. But, you know, <laughs> finding the music that, that, that gets inside, yeah, I guess it depends on person to person, but... Baby needs a new yeah. pair of shoes playlist. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, how good, though, to, to have had a career where you have probably, you know, had to sculpt for other people. So you may not be doing the thing that you wanted to do, but it's what they want. And so the reason's real. So you just, you know, you're going to be here for a week doing it. And that's a lot of time. So you'll listen to a lot of music and most of it you'll probably forget. Some of it you'll be like, well, you know, I'm listening to this because I know I like Nirvana or whatever. And then if you're working with other people, that's quite nice because then you get introduced to other things and, mm -hmm. and you find it. But it's interesting how you say with that music, it really shows you how that side of your brain is in, engaged with sculpting. You know, it's a very emotional thing and you have to be in the right frame of mind to do it well. I think you can go through the motions of it and sometimes you have to, 
whether you like it or not. But to really tap into that real creative thing, you've got to be in the right frame of mind. You know, it's it's different. Uh, the comparison I would use is like I can wash up, you know, I can wash dishes anytime. It doesn't matter how I feel about it. The what the, the the quality of how I wash the dishes remains the same. But if I had to write. I don't know, an obituary for a friend or something, I'd have to be in the right frame of mind to do that well, you know, because it's Mm -hmm. a different kind of work. It's a different labor. It's an emotional labor. And I think that's the thing about sculpting. It it, it comes from an emotional place in a way that a lot of jobs don't require you to have necessarily. And, And so if you do that regularly, it kind of creates something in your brain which, you know, you can't live without. And you end up having to sort of engineer situations to do it or you start finding. And that's why I think it's interesting that Pauline went first. She's always been a great sculptor and done sculpting. But then she kind of took up the photography thing, I I guess, as a way to continue to be creative, you know, without having to wait around for permission. Or or sometimes, I guess, just to get away from what you know. You know, there's no clay Mm -hmm. involved. There's no tools. You don't have to do it in that one place where your sculpting stuff is you can just go off and go somewhere with a camera and do other things so and please no one but yourself yeah and you're you're cultivating this urge which is only helping everything you know it all all feeds itself so yeah it's a tough one but yeah it's that that emotional work that uh, that that's an interesting one especially when it's something you care about because sculpting is a fucking pain in the ass sometimes. And when it goes wrong, it really pisses you <laughs> off. It's, it hurts you in a way that you forgot you had. It is like, oh, oh, I can't on. tell you how many times I have started from scratch just because it wasn't working. It's easier to sometimes just completely trash it and start over than to try to fix a sculpt that's gone wrong. Yeah, you've got to tear it off. But then there's that kind of mourning that you go through. But then what do you do? You, you either that or you stay with something that's not working. Yeah. All the time you know it's not working. And, you know, you're having a shit time trying to make it work. Ugh, yeah. That's a tough one. Sucks to be yeah, an so adult. It does. Especially when you've got to pay the bills. Well, I guess we should uh, just stop talking for a second. Just let Pauline get on with this. So this is my chat with uh, with Pauline Fowler. This was earlier in, I think we did this early in February. and It's taken me a few weeks to get my shit together and get this done. But it's worth uh, the wait. <laughs> so, yeah, we okay. started. I, I don't have a start. I just talked okay, about it. Okay, well, that's good then. You, you, you lead on, Macduff, and I'll follow. So we can, um, can I get pictures of, of your um, uh, little things that you're sculpting? Yeah, you know, of course. You said you had some yeah. photos. When will you get the final one out of the foundry? Oh, well, they've got a big exhibition on at the moment. And, um, and... Wait, the signal was that's fine. No, no, we always have sound. Yeah, okay. Um, So um, we've got they've got a big exhibition on. So I'm a little bit further back in the list because it's quite a well-known sculptor who they're working for. But um, I reckon, I reckon all three sisters should be finished and patinated um, in within another couple of months. Okay. Yeah, it's quite exciting. I took the first one to the Windsor Contemporary Art Fair and got a lot of feedback. Um, but someone saw a picture of my sculpt of the third one. Even though I'm selling them together, I, hey, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to sell to anybody. Um, but they saw the third one and have already um, want want that when awesome. it comes out in bronze. So that's good. And it's quite a well-known person within the film industry. And it's genuine. So, so I'm looking forward to that. Because all I want is for someone to buy one of my bronzes to justify the expense that I've spent on them. Yes, because they're not cheap. No, they're not. No. 
<laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to be end up with an awful lot of expensive doorstops, or a lot of my friends are going to get expensive doorstops. But I did enjoy it, and I, for me, I think the decades of working to briefs and deadlines, and you know, we're all creative people, but the industry. It's been brilliant. It's, you, you know, you, you cover so many skill bases. You know, you've got, it's somewhere that you can use your creative thing. But it's really difficult to do stuff for yourself. So your personal creative thing can get lost somewhere along the line. You get so used to working to a deadline that you try yeah. and do something for yourself and you haven't got an end date. So, I don't know what I'm going to do, you know, or... Or because you've got people criticising or controlling to a degree the direction that you're doing your sculpt because they've ordered it. And so when you're doing, again, something for yourself, you think, oh, mm. is anyone going to like it? Does it matter? Why am I doing it? You know, so it sets up this incredible um, sort of circular motion of, of, of thoughts in your head. And, uh, and the number of times I've started and just quit. You, you just don't know why you were doing it. You wanted to do something, but you know. So, but at some point, I don't know what happened, but at some point, I just thought, well, sod this, you know, um, knuckle down. So I started one lunchtime, and then um, and, and you then, enjoyed it. Oh yeah, and not only that, the the idea evolved. I was just going to do something and try and experiment with monster clay because you know everyone else has been using it, but um, but I tried it, and then I thought, oh. Thoroughly enjoyed this. Got totally lost in the first one. Thought I want it to have some a bit more gravitas. I don't want it in cold cast resin. Yeah. I don't want it. You know. I want it in bronze. I've always liked bronze. It's for me. I don't care what other people think of it. And then I got a little bit overexcited and started the second sister, and then got totally thrilled and finished the third one. That's so. pretty good. Backup recorder, by the way. Wow. Just in case, for some reason, Cute. I just suddenly remembered. Like an alien. Mm. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. So, so, so that was that. That has been the first bit of freeing up that I've had in over thirty odd years. Are you sculpted? I've seen you sculpt like little sheep ram heads. Oh yeah, I've done that, and I've got a bull's head and all of that sort of stuff. But, but they were. <laughs> In a way, when you, if I'm looking at those, I like them. They're at home. They're on pedestals. You know, I walk past them, give them a mm. polish every now and then. But they were things that I could do. Mm. They were. There's no life to them that, that, that I'm... I like a little bit of narrative, I think, because maybe that is a um, an end thing from all of these years of storytelling, you know, yeah. that we've done. So I, and my photography, you know, there's always a little bit of, of... A tiny bit of narrative in the image, however still it is. You've seen my photographs and the mm -hmm. animal stuff. So then there is a little bit of... Um, now, I want people to look at them and, and read into them. It's not just a wildlife photography and things like that. And so that's why I got a little bit more excited about these, because there is... A sort of um, it doesn't have to be words. It doesn't have to be a huge story. There just has to be some kind of visual narrative between the thing, and that's what that's what suddenly starts to excite. But the bull's head, yeah, I can sculpt a bull's head. It would have been the same if I'd have sculpted it for a project, you know. Mm -hmm. So it was nice. It was fun. It was great fun to have it in bronze. But but now I can suddenly yeah. doing it has helped me move on to this. They wow. were in clay, but this was different, and that means that I can suddenly start. All of a sudden, I've got I've got something that's starting to open up, mm. and uh, and that's why I'm having my garage converted so I can carry on sculpting at home, and um, yeah. 
Amazing. Yeah, well, the garage conversion. I don't know, you did your own, didn't you? Yeah, it's hard work. But no, it was a pretty sound right building to begin with. hard work because the builder started <clears throat> in September. It's only a garage. And uh, what is it now? It's um, February now. We've still got the sink and the uh, heater to go. Oh, God. It's, all it's a Norfolk and... builder. Okay. Yeah. So you runs to a different drill. Oh, total. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's why you move somewhere like that. Well, no, like... I said, will it be done before Christmas? And he sent me a text saying, of course, ho, ho, ho. And that was... Uh... You didn't specify which Christmas. No. <laughs> 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 but it's nice yeah, and white. <laughs> yeah. So have you can you work in it yet? No, no, he hasn't. The, the the electrician hasn't been to finish off the electricity, so it's um it's minus twenty seven in there. So okay. it will be cosy when it's done. It will. I bought myself a heater. Mm-hmm. The instructions are on the top, and um, I was going to get a wood burner, but. Be it's a bit of a faff, isn't you it? You know what? These mm-hmm. oil fill things, have you got those? I've got those, yeah. they're amazing. Oh, yeah. Only one? Yeah. I don't know how big your room is, but only one. And uh, and it, it keeps the it keeps a good temperature for sculpting. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it'll yeah. be fine. It's a double garage, so I have a couple of those going. Yeah. No. But they're great, and you can have like timer plugs on them, so yeah. you know, it now comes I'm on an hour before you start. I can't wait. Well, getting the hip operation, I'm, I want to set it all up, so because I can stand, yes. and I've got to move around, so I've got my, my uh, sculpting stand, I've got all the stuff, I've got the microwave in there, it's all ready so that when I start recovery I can go in there and do something I'm not just gonna sort of sit around and feel sorry for myself no keep sculpting keep sculpting yeah amazing yeah so how did you start sculpting <laughs> um <laughs> whoa how did that so, I don't, I don't know it's, it's a prehistory it's um it's uh, um, uh one of those things you go to a foundation course art college used to do a lot of scribbling make elephants in plasticine and and put them all around the house and then it's the only thing that I thought I was viable for so he shoved me in and they had me do you know when they get you got groups I don't know if they still do this in foundation course but they get groups of people and they, you've got to build things out of cardboard boxes and show your creativity. Yes. No, no. Yeah. So I did none of that. I was rubbish. And then in the end, in desperation, they gave me a bag of clay and stuffed me in the corner. <laughs> um, and then, um, long story, but um, in my final, I did a master's in ceramics. And um, in my final year, a model maker came in and said, who wants to earn some money? And I was brassic. So I said, me, uh, can you sculpt? Yeah, for sure. So they had me sculpting something for um, a, an advert. And I did that and got paid cash. Which was, And then he offered me a job after I left. Right. And I never wanted to be an artist in a garret then. I wanted to earn a living. And so I basically became his sculptor, taught myself um, how to sculpt, um, looked at so many pictures, slept on the floor of the workshop, you know, sort of. But luckily, I had a sort of facility for it, so uh, and I thoroughly enjoyed it, you know. And I didn't need sleep in those days, I just needed wine. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, and it worked, you know. And so you taught yourself over the years. But, but how many people, I reckon, pretty much, what, 80% of the people in our business, in the film business, are self-taught, mm. or by looking at other people. It's, yeah. it's just hard graft. It's not an easy route. Yeah, but it was an enjoyable thing to do when you sculpted. Oh, it yeah. Like, well, like, apart from when know. I got that gritty <clears throat> stuff down the back of my jeans, which, you know, that two-part foam stuff, mm. that gets everywhere. It's horrible. Yeah. No, 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 that's like that. not good. No, no, not good. Yeah. But it wasn't like sculpting was like a chore for you when you did it. No. Like, like when you sculpted in clay for the first no, time, I'll was get... it like something clicked in your yeah, head? Yeah, like, oh, it was t- total. It was, uh, it, was, it was pretty instant, you know, and um, yeah, and a clay is organic. I've always been a clay girl. It mm. helps you, you know. Plastiline, even monster clay is a little bit more like clay, but plastiline just sits there and says, "Come on, mm. you know, do your best." And they think, "I hate you," you know. And it's grey, and it's sort of like, Ugh. 
but um, but clay's organic. It's um, and what's the what's the sculptor's thing? Uh, nothing in nature is symmetrical. I've right. always I've always lived by that. <laughs> Nick hates it because his mechs have to go in in a always nothing in nature symmetrical shape. But mm. <laughs> but I don't care. <laughs> I'd rather see if someone comes to me with a portfolio. I would rather see something that has a little bit of organic life rather than a, an uber technical, which is why um, I'm struggling a little bit. And it's not because I'm an old fuddy-duddy, but it's I'm struggling a little bit with the um, the the 3D scans of things because mm. they tend to be, you know, they tend not to have that little bit of something that has got life. A, you know, you get a dog, it's not a perfect thing you know a real dog has got you know there's there's a visual your eye doesn't see see perfect symmetry it yes. doesn't it yeah. looks false yeah. and if you have to work with that i don't know i mean yeah it's fantastic for the cg people because then you know they've got something to work with and it's yeah, yeah. it's symmetry both sides they know where they're going and all of this but but I don't know. It's um. It's an interesting thing. I was listening to a podcast this yeah. morning actually, and it was uh, I can't remember this uh, Gilbert Gottfried mm-hmm. talking to Dennis Muren. Oh right. Yeah. And he was saying, and the, one of the things they said, which I thought was quite mm. good, was that digital stuff looks real but feels fake. Yeah. Whereas stop motion yeah. looks fake but feels real. Yeah, I love and it. It's that thing, and it's Total. that feeling thing. Yeah. And I think as someone that sculpts as well, you do how you feel about it is yeah. a big part of it and Hugely, I think if you're like yeah. 20 and you're watching a movie you yeah. probably didn't grow up with the Harryhausen type stuff so it didn't no. inform no I didn't you. grow up with but you know what in back in the day it was the museum sculptors and they were they when they moved away from museum stuff which was phenomenally actually and we were all in awe when they came and showed their portfolios but if you've got a museum background and that kind of it has to be you know um a really really accurate but their work never really translated into animatronics or um or anything because it was so um stylized in a way and yet it looked beautiful to the to the naked eye but it never actually lived for me mm. interesting mm. But then again, the museum discipline, which we thought was fantastic at the time, but mm. it genuinely didn't translate. And they never actually, I don't think they lasted that long in the industry. Mm. You know, but It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because mm. you'd think it'd be the same thing, but there is like, mm. there's sculpting, but there's, mm. within sculpting, it's like there's writing, but and there's you, poetry and there's technical manuals. They're both yeah. writing, but they're know, different total. ways But it is it. what you said earlier. It's that there is, you do feel it. You know when something's going right. You know, I used to, um, I, I'm fasting clay and, um, and um, and you, I used to get upset if I couldn't get the feel of it within a half an hour. I literally timed myself because sometimes uh, I used to watch people and they'd overwork. They'd be too scared. You know, they'd start blocking something out and it was wrong. But they'd try and rework that same thing. What, you know load of cods that is mm. you just don't if you if you look at it if you've got the feel there carry on if you look at it and you try and struggle and you're trying to adapt just chuck it and start again it's quicker you know there's there's and you know you just know when it's wrong yeah i think a true a true sculpture so you should be struggling with the 
with the one skull for yeah, hours. Yeah, don't just work you on it and very scratchy, quickly. So get the feel of it and then go, that's the one, go and have a cup of tea. Yeah. You know, don't sit there for six hours at a time. You work it out, you get your shape, then walk away and then come back. Yeah. And I know it frustrates Nick sometimes because pre-sculpt, pre, pre yeah. you know, you just, I do a bit of research. I always get the, the feeling in my head. I look at as many pictures as I can, you know, and print out the ones don't really look at them but have them lying around so it's almost subliminal mm -hmm. that the, the feel is going in there take you know think about it for a few days and then go in mm. you know and for me that's my technique you know some people will will go straight in they'll block out a shape because they know it's supposed to be like that shape you know if you're doing a a, um, a, a freeform head mm. you know so they know they they whack straight into the skull i still have to live with it for a for a little bit and think about it and then feel and then I can go in and then I can sort right. of work it everyone's got a different it's wonderful watching all the people come in here with different techniques yeah. you know um, when we were just doing Men in Black we had quite a few sculptors in and they, well, it was such a short time period for each alien you know they were they were cheap but watching different people's approaches some people and um, went launched straight in they always struggled some people thought about it first even with a short time frame they took the time to think about it have a look at images they're the ones that were you know got there quicker it mm -hmm. was it was a really interesting yeah it's interesting yeah and when you say a short time frame how long is a short time frame well i mean because there was only about three days per head yeah. you know to to work on and i still think that the people that um that got the brief that night that afternoon they'd finished one got the brief and then they took it home they looked at the stuff and they didn't start for a few hours and they got everything sorted first the ones that just went right yeah got an armature up started slapping it up sort of that they they they're the ones that struggled mm, mm. it you know short time for take the time out mm -hmm. you know it's, it's a good thing to do I think that's probably why... Is that what you do? I don't know if you think know. about it first. I do, I do need to think about it. I need yeah. to start seeing something on the clay. Because, yeah. to be honest, I've, most of the things I've sculpted have been prosthetics yeah. rather than free standing yeah. objects. I'd love to see you do a, do something. What, like a figure or something? Yeah, or just something. I know it's not your bag, but I'd love no, to I mean, see what you I did. Do, I do want to do more yeah. of that stuff. I was thinking about this because I started learning um, ZBrush. And doing, uh, just because I go on to Zebra like, Central like every now and then. I dive in. I go, whoa, look at that. And then I come back out again. And I did get the free trial for ZBrush. And I made a big blob with four blobs, which I was really pleased with. But yeah. I didn't take it any further. No. Well, I think, <laughs> I think what a lot of people have a hard time with ZBrush yeah. is if, the, if they've traditionally used clay, yeah. is it, it doesn't feel the same. No. And it's the act of doing it that's different, I mm. think, is the problem. Because yeah. you enjoy the pro I do. I enjoy putting it on clay. Yeah, I do. So because it's not the same thing. It's a feely thing, isn't yeah, it? It's, yeah. Are you fighting against it when you do it? Are you trying to make it into something that it's not? Uh, I'm trying to make it like I would use clay. Yeah. And that's probably why I'm having a harder time with yeah. it than I need to. And I, but I figured the only way to do it is to do it. Yeah. And I, the thing is, I don't think it has to be one or. I think you can do both. I don't think you have to. Now oh, I've no. used ZBrush, I have to oh, no. snap well, my tools and throw them away. It's like No, no, you can do both. Well, I didn't suddenly stop sculpting when I started doing my photography, you, mm, you know. Yeah, yeah. And yet, the anything I sculpt now, my photography, they're all kind of linked up now. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that I think they're all tied up, however yeah. you approach it. Yeah. Yeah. Also, photography keeps me sane. Yes. Um. um and um, but I am starting to work my photographic images into that, and I 
um, I'm using my photographs. I almost sculpt with the photographs in a way, mm -hmm. with the light and the shape and the form. So it all ties up. Never chuck any bit of learning away, yeah. ever. But you like making creative. I mean, I guess that's yeah. the lure of photography is you're actually yeah. able to create something. In well, a I, only use, I only use layers. You know, that's the only thing I've learned. Photoshop and me, we don't get on. We're not friends. You know, um, I've got... Really? Nah, no, no, I only do layers. That's the only thing I use because I've got... I mean, I do lectures on my layers, but um, but and I only know what half the knobs on my camera are for at the moment. But it's a big camera, and mm -hmm. I've got lots of them now, and I've got big lenses which weigh a ton. But um, but no, I only use layers, and then I do my editing in a really ancient aperture. I tried Lightbox, but I didn't find it quite as intuitive. Mm. Not yet, anyway. Mm. So we'll see. I still haven't got my head around that Lightbox. I've never needed it though. I mean, I'm sure it's very good. No, I prefer. But my I'm old not a aperture. photographer, yeah. so I just. You know, yeah. I only ever need to composite things in or clean them up and yeah. I use Photoshop for that. So. Yeah, no, I haven't learned how to do that in Photoshop. It seems a bit more clumsy in Photoshop to mm. me. Mm. I, just, I like that retouch thing, you just <laughs> and take Job it off. Done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, I don't, I don't enjoy yeah. using Photoshop. I mean, I, do, no. I will use it, no, but that, that's I've never why felt I don't. pleased about doing it, and no. I feel like I should. I'm always no. disappointed. Once that I I'm discovered not. layers, which is because uh, I'm what they call a textural artist, then that that changed my whole thing. Yeah, and that gave me the ability to almost paint with my images and turn them into the stories that I, I make. You know, okay. um, so um, so that's that's that was fantastic. But I I'm not a comp. You know, I don't like doing too many sort of multiple uh, what they called I don't know what um, they look almost like adverts to me you know right, when right. when you comp fish onto people's heads and all sorts of things yeah, yeah, you yeah. know you know the kind of stuff so yeah. I'd rather with it and my thing is because I'm a bit of an animal conservationist I want people to look at the animals that's how I see them in my head that's what I want to to okay. see that's a different route you yeah because yeah. I've seen that with your pictures like yeah. you sort of have an image like a really cool like, image yeah. but the the moment is what it is yeah. and you can't necessarily control the background yeah and the focus being the animal, and then you yeah. manage to do, and I don't know how you do it. Yeah. I have looked at your pictures, but there's <laughs> layers, and it's just like, but keep the depth you and the light. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I can't see the mechanism at work. I Good. can't see what you've done. Good, and I'm not going to tell you. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's lovely. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so. That's the only so, thing I'm clinging well up to that's mine. <laughs> yeah. Aren't you clever? <laughs> no, it's fucking lovely. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Uh, but as far as the industry stuff goes, I mean, God, blimey. I mean, we've both been hugely lucky. Yes. You know, we've managed to, over the years, work on... How long ago was it when you we first met? Well, I came here for the interview. When was that? It was in the old building. Was it 26? What was it? What's the building number? Uh, 24. 24B, 24, wasn't it? Yeah. 24B. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah, it snowed inside in <laughs> winter and we had to stop at four o'clock in summer because the plastiline melted. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, because it, it was, was metal. It was a nice hot box, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we did have parties good. in there. It was amazing. Mm. Well, I started in 94. It wasn't that long after me, really. Yeah, you'd done Frankenstein the year before, yeah, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. And, and then I did uh, Event Horizon, didn't I? Yes. You know, straight after. Yeah, well it was Mary Riley. Oh no, Mary Riley. Mary Riley. And then... And um, that was the job I, that yeah. was my first job, I was running foam. Yeah, I remember. And uh, running Frankie. Skinflex in the foam room. Blimey. Um, long before Silicon. That was, was a little bit of a disaster of a film, wasn't it? Yes. I mean, three months to film it. 
Yeah, one sequence. It was me and Marion Appleton. Do you remember yeah. the lovely Marion Appleton yeah, yeah. who used to smoke, what, a hundred of those Dunhills a day? Yes. And she came in, she used to come in at two o'clock in the afternoon and work through the night and you'd come in in the morning and there'd be a, a heaped ashtray and she used to work with triple zero paintbrushes and each, you'd give her five heads and each one in foam would be absolutely the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. Absolutely. She was, you know... An absolute star, but yeah. she it was the beginning of silicon when she just before she passed away, and um, due to the smoking, but uh, but just before she passed away, she the people were starting to use silicon, she didn't like it because mm. she didn't know it and didn't understand it, so mm. it would have been tough for her, I think. It was because I remember we had foam mm. uh, head. And then there was a skin of skin flicks over the yeah. top that was translucent, so it would show through. Yeah. And then pouring that fucking skin of a touchdowns. Oh, the they were nightmare, weren't they? Horrible. Yeah. Awful. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> but that was that was an effective use of something that was opaque with something that was translucent. Yeah, first, uh, not far off some of the first stuff then, wasn't it? Well, I remember because it was, I think it was the Hensons bunch that were doing the motion control. Yeah. Work. Yeah, they suffered that a lot. Was, that's that was tough. you know that's when I learned how to play Doom. Um, with, um, <laughs> on, I was on the night shift when they were rendering stuff in those days. And Anton Boniface, do you remember Anton? He did all the mech. So, anyways, um, uh, he's, he lives at I don't know where he lives now, America. But um, but he, you know, we'd sit there and they had the computers and they brought Doom. So I learned how to play Doom on ultraviolet, ultra fast, and they did all the hidden levels. Three months. I was good at the end. Amazing game. Yeah, it best, was. It, it was the best game. It was amazing. And it was Bob Keane who introduced me to Doom. Yes. Yeah. I so. think I saw it at Bob Keane's. Yeah. Yes. He was the person that introduced me to Doom, and that was it. I was an addict ever yes. since. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that was <laughs> I. That's right. I remember it was on Mary Riley because Mark Coulier did a makeup test on me yeah. on my chest it was like a bruise thing because yeah, he'd injected himself in the neck yeah. and then the head appeared yeah it's like out coming out chest. yes that's right and yeah. there, there was like the first stage was the bruising <laughs> yeah. and they did a fucking camera test on me and he painted it all in packs on my chest and then did he get it off the hairs? <laughs> I didn't have hairs on my chest like, I'm a fucking rusty carpet but but uh, but Mark uh, did this test, and because obviously he worked at Animated, we popped yeah. in afterwards. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and that's when they were still there at Pinewood. I think yeah. it's now three D Creative now. Yeah. Digital scanning. We place. were there forever, th- literally three months. It was a bit of a disaster for Henson's that one, I think. But yeah, it was a nightmare. Yeah, and then and then um, and then I did um, Event Horizon with Paul Anderson, mm-hmm. and um, and then he because we got on really well for, for that one he asked me to do Resident Evil and so and that one that was lovely oh I really enjoyed that and those blooming dogs you know and um, covered in, in they look uh, fucking great they did look good yeah although the very first test um, we had the Doberman and we did we, we wrapped it in all of this transparent latex with all the stuff and we had to walk it down the corridor to see to the to the stage where they were doing a screen test and the damn thing shook you know, because it was something on it. It's pretty shook. By the time it got to Paul, I think it had a little bit left on the top of its head, and the corridor was covered in shit where it had shook, shook all the blood and the goop <laughs> off. And it took me. He said, "You're going to have to clean that off." So I had to go back and clean the corridor and scrub it of blood and dog skin. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I did enjoy that, and I really enjoyed working with him. It was an absolute hoot. And then, and then they, I was a sort of an, an advisor on the second one. Amazing. Because they went out to Canada for that, didn't they? Because budget. Yeah. But I remember seeing some of the makeup yeah. tests that they didn't. Oh, use. we did Barry like, so Barry good. Best. Remember the? He was a zombie. That's right. Yeah. 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 yeah no, some of it was great. Yeah. yeah and we nice. did enjoy it. He did have this tendency to say, "You've given me a hundred percent. I want a hundred and ten. And you said that. Can I amend my invoice? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you really a heart sink? I can't do any more. I'm knackered. <laughs> oh my God. But I did enjoy his company. It was really nice. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about mm. um, what goes through the brain when you sculpt. Because <laughs> I find myself, when I've got a deadline and a brief and like someone just done what, a design. Panic? You know, and sort of, do you get the that sort of feeling? What the last thing a bee sees before it hits the windscreen is its bum. <laughs> is it that kind of feeling? Probably <laughs> that shitty panic bit. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, let's talk about that. So, yeah, the fear of sculpting—it's terrifying sometimes. Do yeah. you feel it as someone that can sculpt quite well? I think mm, it'd be you. interesting if you said, "No, I don't," and here's how you get past it. Or is it? Is it? I think it, it doesn't go away, does it really? But you, you know could... what? It it just depends on what it is and how comfortable you are with um, with it. You know. Um, no, I I must admit, the only fear I get is when it's when you know I'm running out of time and yeah. it's a deadline. Yeah. Um, I love the that bit that the the first bit is really nice. The blockouts are really exciting. Um, first bits. Then you get that horrible sludgy bit in the middle. Everything looks really good, and everyone walks past you, and you think, and everyone goes, "Wow, that looks great! You've done that so quickly. You know, I can really see it." And then you get that bit in the middle where you absolutely go backwards, and you know, you're sitting on your ass, and whatever you do to it, it it either looks worse or um, or it just takes forever. And then people don't walk past it as often, and they don't say as many nice things, and or they come up and go, do you, what, "What do you think about that bit?" And that's when you want to poke him in the eye, and that's when you start doing that. You know, I feel ever so slightly queasy bit. But then there's always a bit that you get past. It's the middle bit, maybe. Mm. You know, it's not the beginning because that's really good fun. It's exciting. You've got the reference. You've got your ideas. It's the middle bit where you slightly get lost. You overwork a bit. You have to pull it back. You're committed to that sculpt. You you've gone past the time where you can trash it and start again. Yeah. You're committed to that, um, and you the, the, you blame it on everything. You blame it on the light. You blame it on your eyesight. You blame it on the fact you haven't had enough to eat. You know, you blame the tools. You blame the clay. You blame everything, and then you gradually start getting past that bit, and then you start to know that what you're doing is right, and then you get the next sicky bit because you're running out of time, and it's got right. to be moulded tomorrow. So it's not so much. Um, um, this is this is for the business kind of sculpting. For your own kind of sculpting, it's a different thing. It's a bit scary, but um, but for the business sculpt, I think that's my kind of rhythm. Mm-hmm. First bit, great, exciting, really looking forward to it. Middle bit, um, and then come out of it, and at the end, and that's when everyone says, "Oh, that looks really good, Pauline." You think, "Oh, yeah, that's you about right. that out yeah. Of the bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jesus. I don't yeah. know. It's that's it's that that I think that's my rhythm. I don't know about yours, but. I think it's very similar. There's a, yeah. there's a bit a healthy chunk of of self doubt. Yeah. And but it's weird because you have to have that bit where you go. No, it's it's not 
fucking atrocious, but it's not right. <laughs> yeah. but I can't figure out exactly why. Oh yeah, and then right. you start doing that. You're moving like like sort of less than a gram's worth of material around. Yeah, and, and, and you, you know, keep doing. No, it's you know, actually, it's not actually you know I mean? doing anything. The car doesn't work. Emptying the ashtray is not going to fucking no, fix that. No, it's not. No. <laughs> <laughs> and oh. then but then then you have to do that really scary thing which is take a photograph of it because yeah. if you're really stuck photograph it because that means you're standing back or do that hideous mirror thing you know where hold a mirror up to it but that's more awkward so nowadays because phones are so good you just take a picture of it as neutral as you can neutral light and stand back because then your brain does that gap thing uh, you know it's a difference and so you look at it in a different way and and you know because Nick you know Nick was, William's my partner business partner he's got a great eye he doesn't sculpt but he's got a great eye so we're having a healthy discussion about a uh, gorilla form at the moment and uh, and I'll, and he says this is too far forward and I'm sitting there thinking no it's not it's too far back and we we've been to in and froing but he, uh, there is a point where you do need someone to come up because you kind of go blind to it. Yeah, you and get lost in your own yeah, head, don't yeah, you? Yeah, total, you know, and uh, not so much the, the detail, the finishing. This is the, um, the. it's always the middle shapes. It's not the block out, it's not the finish, you can start yeah, yeah, yeah. to see that, but it's those um, middle shapes, which is the most important bit out of the lot, yeah. other than the, you know, because people only look at the final one, but the most important bit is getting those middle shapes right, you yeah. know, and, and get everything, and you're sitting there, and you cannot see why that eye you, you stand on a ladder you look down one eye is an inch further forward than the other one and you you look at it from the front it looks perfect and you get up to the top and it's like that you yeah. know so um yeah 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 and you have to make that difficult yeah. decision to make i think yeah. what's hard about it is it's like if there's a mechanical thing <laughs> then like a simple me mechanism that is broken you can yeah. identify specifically yeah, what's yeah. gone wrong yeah but with sculpting it's such a nebulous yes. thing it's very hard to find the language yeah. to describe what the problem is. And you actually yeah. need to grasp onto something to go, oh, the reason this doesn't look right is because, because this eye is too far forward. Yes. If you put the eye back, let me just do that. Yeah. There you go. Now look at it. Yeah. Then you go, oh, yes, that's what the problem was. And then you have that hideous thing where you've done the put the eye further back and the whole knock-on effect of that side of the face. You have to think, Ew. Now I fucked up something yeah. else <laughs> Because you move that back, and of course, the whole cheek's too far forward, and you realise yeah. that you've worked on Quasimodo yeah. and not on, you know, um, the perfect image. So yeah, yeah. now well, we, we all, we all go through, yeah, but we all go through that because I work to my right side first. Yes, you know, you're right-handed. So I'm right-handed, so I tend to uh, tend to. That's my hero side. Um, so you tend to work. Well, I don't know about you. I mean the. The most ideal way is to bounce. You know, you go from one bit to another to another and so you keep rotating it, you know, and that, and that, when I remember to do that, that works. But then, of course, as you start to tighten it up a bit, you tend to work on one side. So, um, so you're blocking out, you're doing it, you're bouncing around the piece and that's fine. You're getting everything in place. And then you start, you can't help yourself. You have to start going in and you have to start tiddling around with something too early. And then, of course, you do that and you think, well, now I've got to try and do that on the other side if this is a face. So you do that and it looks better mm -hmm. because, you you know, it's um, you do that. So then you have to go back to the other side. And that's when you start getting that, you know, melted wax looking type of image <laughs> that I'm sure everyone else has got as well. Yeah. But that's it. It's, it's left side 
right side brain your hands are doing whatever they want to do you know it's um it's trying bring to it all together yeah yeah and there, there isn't it's a like, game plan no, no, no there isn't there, there truly isn't and then and then as i said you blame it on the light because the light shifting can put the emphasis in the shadows yeah, yeah. and you, you need you need it's like a potter's wheel you need to be able to to tap it and just center the whole thing yeah. you know when it's going all over the shop and you need to be able to slow it down tap it to the side center it and do that mm -hmm. yeah. it's it's a very it's it's draining both physically and emotional it doesn't matter how big it is yeah you know? i think emotional emotional cost is yeah. not something a lot of people factor in when they're sculpting but it, it is truly thing. there it really is because the feeling you get when it starts yeah. working is oh have you never have you never sort of stomped off from from oh, the thing yeah. you know absolutely throwing your toys out the pram you mm -hmm. know mm -hmm. why can't that hand do what it's supposed to do i'm telling it i you know i can see it so yeah, yeah, yeah. no you do get hugely fr frustrated if you're a technical person maybe you approach it differently but if you're an emotional organic um sculptor i think that you you do get you get so totally involved mm -hmm. with it don't you yeah well, i remember watching you and julian murray sculpting on um mary riley all these different oh uh, you didn't watch us sculpt the tiger. i didn't watch you no no, no but you're allowed to you did, you weren't around for the tiger we did for gladiator did you because that was no. amazing because me and you did we sculpted the tiger together but we had a tv in the workshop because we only had four days to do the whole tiger for gladiator and we watched zulu i think maybe about it's uh, yeah you'd have to ask julian if ever you interview him i, I can't remember uh six times but he liked the bit where the 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 maidens the nubile maidens were doing the dance so we had to keep repeating that <laughs> he, the only problem is he kept stopping and watching that bit <laughs> we had it on a loop and we know all the words by the end of the end of the oh film now, now that is something i know that's i'm following a different track here but this is something that helps me personally is i put music on a loop um on my headphones yeah and i can listen i can sculpt to the same album you, from start to weird finish weird you say that yeah don lanning uh, mentioned that he had yeah. a track that he'll play and it's almost like a kind of it becomes like it, a it becomes almost like a trance thing a tra so, yeah. yeah and or, or it just becomes background and you become a sculpting rhythm to it yes. and i have sculpted different things to different tracks you know and i will listen to the same track the same album over and over i think yeah it was ridiculous as well it's like zulu was for the thing but i can't remember what you know um if it's got to be a fast sculpt you know i love film scores you know mm -hmm. so i listen to something I, I sculpted something to the the great the music from the great wall i like is it ramin what's his name Duardi? his yes. music i yeah. love it's got big powerful stuff and i can get completely lost and i have to put it on i can't listen to it any takes other you to that place takes me to that place yeah. and and i can follow through on that sculpt if um if i put any other music on i struggle yes you know but if i start listening to that and then i'll i'll just have it and play it loop and loop yeah, and that yeah, works yeah. for me it's interesting isn't it because you it it kind of confirms you know uh, certainly for me same, sounds like for you as well mm. it's an um, sculpting's an emotional activity 100% yeah and it feels like it could be or should be and maybe there are people who will listen to this who aren't mm. but they're more technical yeah it feels like 
you know, if you could do it technically, it'd be like washing up. Like you can do it yeah. no matter what frame of mind. Yeah. Because it's a process. I actually wouldn't be doing it if it was like no. that. It's not my nature. No. You know, and it's more I'm of a technical sort of, drawing than a, yeah. than a, than a charcoal sketch. No, it's it's yeah. it's uh, which is why I can do other things, but but um, but the clay sculpting or you know whatever the sculpt, it, it's the bit that I enjoy because that where you put a part of yourself into it. Yeah. And um, what is the point otherwise? And I don't like doing washing up. <laughs> <laughs> but I can do it. Yeah, yeah, I can I know. do it while yeah, I'm crying. Yeah, yeah. For me, you see, I'm not really. I've done prosthetic sculpting, you know, and you know, I've done. I can. I can imagine you wouldn't enjoy it as much. I don't because that is is too technical for me, mm. you, you know, and and it's too. Um, yeah, I say wanky. Mm. No, but that's just. Uh, but it's. I mean, it's not. Thank you. That's not fair. You know, it's there's it's another skill level. You know, where you you've got to take so many other factors into consideration. And yeah. for me, a true prosthetics person um, is not just a sculptor. And that happens a lot. A lot of people just sculpt prosthetics and then hand them over. A true prosthetics person is one that does the whole thing. Yeah. You know, they might Eat but they cooking. might not have time to do the molding. <laughs> yeah. But they also apply it. Now, I can do it, but because I don't apply, because I'm not very good with actors and people, they move, they comment, they say things, you know, and I'm not cool with that. So um, so I'm all right with extras because you can be a little bit more brutal, um, you know, or not caring. No, that's not fair, is it? I didn't mean to say that. No, there are mean. lovely extras, you know, but, but they're not... I don't do hairdresser talk, you know, and I can't, and yeah. I get really bored. I'm not good in parties. I don't need a bedside man. No, and I'm not good in parties. <laughs> don't do that. I mean, I can talk to you because I've known you for so long, but I would struggle maybe with someone I didn't know, and it would be it wouldn't be as relaxed. But especially but, if it's three in the morning. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, whatever. I just uh, you know, and 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 I'm you know. I end up just drooling a bit, and it's not pretty. So a long time ago, <laughs> I stopped dealing with actors. You know, it's not something which means that it, I stopped doing prosthetics. Kind of thing, yeah. But the good thing is, I've worked with enough people. I can run a prosthetics job. I know what I'm supposed to be looking at. You know, um, I know the feel of it. So I can I can guide people to do that, and I've done that a lot. And you know, and I can do it. I can sculpt prosthetics. It's just I choose not to. It's like I don't like mould making either, and I'm I'm not supposed to say this, but maybe maybe I did that mould where all the the keys locked, you know, so I wouldn't have to do any more mould making. <laughs> a a long it. time ago, don't do that again, Pauline. Well, you know what? So yeah, yeah. But I think to those those people who who sculpt prosthetics should apply it and make it I think that, that they're, they're, how you do it, they're it? the best ones yeah, because yeah, yeah. they know they can they can think about the skin quality they can feel, you know they, they look into it they should be there at the life cast and do that they're the ones that shine you know mm, like yourself mm, to mm. me you're one of you're, you're one of my tops and, um, and and that's because you do all of that um, but people who don't do that and don't apply I do find struggle a bit mm -hmm. you know they know what they're supposed to do but it's not the same feel. No, it's not. You've got to eat your own cooking. And yeah, the only ones that can manage it are really, really good sculptors naturally. Mm. You know, but even then, it's busking it. You know, mm. you still mm. 
sort of working. And their sculpting wouldn't be reduced if they were made to stick on a piece that they don't. No, you yeah. know, it would only make you better. It would make you better. It wouldn't, yeah. So yeah. that's a so it is a, it is a different discipline and um, people. That's the thing. We get a lot of kids in here, and that's what they want to do, but um, but they they're not prepared to look far enough. You know, they're not prepared to to take it they're just interesting they like the idea of it they like the idea of doing it but they don't look at people they're not interested they don't do their research yeah it's it's i don't know if you find that you know they love the idea of it but they yes. don't take take it any further no it's it, only rare ones it is hard and i but, but it's it's a maturity thing and it yeah. does happen over time and i yeah. remember seeing books or things that you and julian would mm. like gush over like mm. reference things and I remember looking at them that's because like, we didn't know where to start and so we just gush <laughs> no but you'd show yeah. me something like you know like a, a you know a, a classical renaissance sculpt or something and I'd look at it and nod and I could see I could see that it was a capable thing yeah. but I didn't understand what the fuss was about and now I look at it I'm like holy fuck yeah so I, yeah. I think it comes with age yeah you just appreciate what things are. I think yeah. you've got to do it enough and fuck it up enough times yeah but when you see someone do it oh and never be scared of fucking something up never you know it happens every yeah. everyone does it you yeah. know just you know, yeah yeah well, i've I, seen people crumple though you know if they can't yes. get it yeah but you know you just push through yes yeah okay. but that's normal yeah but, and, and again because it's, you're so emotionally invested in what you're doing mm. that's where it's coming from. i think that's the thing you realize yeah. that it's coming from this well of emotion i like that emotionally invested, all out, yeah. like yeah. toothpaste onto this thing and it's <laughs> fucking shit yeah you feel like well that you know who, who, what who am I? and you end up fucking like, questioning it, it is it is it's like it's like it's like after you've spent two and a half hours watching a film and you think well i'll never get those two and a half hours back well yeah, like, that yeah, was yeah. terrible so <laughs> There's been a few of those lately, hasn't there? Yeah. 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 You go, I'm going to fucking start reading books. This is <laughs> Did you ever watch The Quiet Place? I really like that. No. Oh, 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 I like that one. Okay, I'll yeah. look at that. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. Is that the one where you're not supposed to say anything? Because there's monsters that kill you. Yeah, sound. yeah, that one. Emily Blunt. Okay. She's quite watchable anyway. I think she's good. Right. But no, it took me by surprise. I hadn't read any Gumpf. Didn't know anything about it. Looked on net, you know, on Skype, and thought, "I'll watch that one," and had to phone someone up halfway through because I was a bit scared. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> no, I like it. So it's nice when you get, you know, oh, well, but, yeah, that yeah. sounds good. So it yeah. really gets to you. Yeah. Like when I watched the Triffids when it was on TV. Oh yeah, when yeah. I was a kid. Yeah. Fucking hell, I know. The crap out of me. Yeah. And it came back and when he, I read hey, the book. Hey, look, I'm older than you, so it was lost in space, and the first yeah. black and white one who used to hide behind the couch that scared me more than anything else. Yeah. Even though it was a polystyrene rock, and they had to push Robbie the robot's arms back in after each. They they did the <laughs> shot. The eyes, ca- the the hands came out. The arms, and then they had to cut and shove them back in. <laughs> I love that. Oh my god. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. But I never wanted to work in the film business. It just sort of happened. You know, it was money, really. And uh, and you discover a talent, and then once you're in, you you just don't know how to get out. <laughs> Not for another thirty years. So you know, anyone who's listening who's just starting, hang in there for the for the long haul. Yeah. Well, I think what's interesting is that there, there are lots of people that want to do it because yeah. the film industry is that this. <laughs> Hmm. ambition yeah. and it's a weird thing that it, it didn't used to be you know the 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 makeup side of the industry and the Maybe. animatronic side well, it's of become the an industry. industry to train people yes hasn't it, yeah so, yeah yeah i think the industry of training people is because we used to just make things for films didn't yeah we, in a way yeah, yeah. You know? but there's now money to be made by training people yeah. so i guess that yes that will amplify and oscars that. have been won for yeah. prosthetics and stuff now things are changing yeah 
Although, um, I don't know, I haven't... S they're still a little way off from doing um, 3D characters properly, aren't they, in films, you know, mm. to make them totally believable. Yeah, I think they will, they'll get there. Of course they will. But yeah. I think that my my take on the whole thing... Say, say, say you have something like a character like... Yeah. Um, uh, like Gollum or something. Yeah. You know, it was it was it. like the first time <laughs> yeah. people were going, oh, you know, that's a believable character. Yeah. Rather than I'm looking at digital. Um, Believe so the balls in the there. feet. Yeah, but but <laughs> but it, but it, but it's not the product of one one or two people. No, there's like a whole team for a long yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think what and I mentioned this when I spoke to Rick Baker. I think there's a desire when mm. you can make something yourself mm. and then stick it on an actor and then the actor performs it yeah. and the lighting people are lighting it yeah. and the camera people everyone who's doing their job is really good at what they do yes. and the net result is fucking amazing it is now this yeah. is down to the visual effects department and they yeah. then subcontract out so there are people who specialise in lighting people yeah. specialise in the way grass moves or how fabric moves or how yeah, hair moves I know. and then suddenly it becomes fragrant. and then what was really good fun for and five people now is now a shit time for yeah. a thousand people for a year <laughs> yes. do, do you know what I mean and, and they can I, you know and what gets me though is that the producers and whatever can still change their minds yes. you've had uh, I remember talking to a big visual effects guy and uh, he said yeah we we worked on a dragon that you know that um it was designed the movement went throughout the film the whole thing they you know everyone was privy to all of this all the way millions and then they saw the first sort of cuts you know on and they went no no, let's change it. Yeah. He said, well, well that's, <laughs> yeah. and that's just lazy filmmaking. Yes, you know. Yeah. I mean, you got something like yeah. the Coen Brothers, where they yeah. they know what they want, they yeah. plan it, and they they fucking do it. Yeah. Whereas yeah. some of the others, they're just constantly like yeah. during the eight months it took to produce it, yeah. I changed my mind. I know. I want the radiator <laughs> over there now, and it's like, and because you can, yes, it's like, well, how mu how much money can you get? And if they can do it, they'll just scrap it. That bit hurts. I don't yeah. like that. I don't enjoy that it aspect a lot. of it. Forty seven yeah. Ronin. Yeah. yeah. Oh, not oh so that's much. the one. Yeah. You know, so yeah. much stuff that went, and then they just oh, we're going to change. But see, our the mind. beginning okay. script was fantastic. Mm. You know, the first designs were, were terrific, and then they. Just just thinned it out and thinned it out and thinned it, and then it was like, what is it? Yeah, it's bizarre. And then you yeah. look at the storyboards, you're like, oh my god, this is amazing. Yeah. And then somehow, somewhere along, yeah. someone just comes in and pours a, a can of fuck up over it. Yeah. And it all goes wrong. That was <laughs> all the sure yeah. why. Yeah, absolutely. There's too, too many cooks all yeah. stirring that pot, and it's yeah, like, not, not enjoying that. Know, yeah. There are three or four people that had a great vision. Let them go with it. Yeah. I know. No, that, I, I thought the director was fab on that, but he got absolutely yeah. hammered. Yeah, yeah, he did. He, he had really a great did. idea, and you know the script was great. All of that. Well, that was hard work for us, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. And then they look at it and yeah. go, "Oh, can we provided some lighting reference for you guys." <laughs> Mind, I, some of the lighting ref. I've just done the kid who would be king with the visual effects, and and that's just opened in the states. And that for me was um, not really a sculpting job. It, it was absolutely a job that I totally loved yeah. um, because there was the uh, it hasn't it's come out in the states am I allowed to talk about it I don't I know. think so it's I think it's come out now because it, it's coming I saw a trailer for it yeah so, so, so it's, it's come out so because I provided lighting reference but the zomb a zombie night and did all of the the texture the it's gonna turn it off there's a lane going oh. <laughs> yeah I mean this so. is allowed to work it is you know yes it's complacent work yeah but yeah 
So, uh, so what I did was uh, we did the suit of armour, but I, um, um, I sanded it back, I uh, distressed it, and I rusted it. Did all that. I love doing that. Nobody asked me, me to do that often enough, and I loved it. And um, and the director had his, uh, I don't know, his own special case, travelling case. All the the CG used it as lighting, you know, to take off textures because they like to. So that's nice when you can actually provide something that that um, they're not going to completely take over, but they're going to be able to use. Like mm. we did the characters for the Winnie the Pooh, the Christopher Robin thing. We made all, you know, all of the characters and the CG took pretty much a load off that, you know. Mm, mm. So that's a good thing when you can still be creative, but I don't know. Fighting no. stand-ins? <laughs> mm. It's not. Yeah, you're like, I'm going to make something that, yeah. that's going to be used for what it is. It is interesting because yeah, basically I'm coming to the end of my film career. The, the film, you know, the film business can chew you up and spit you out and do all of that. It's been bloody brilliant. Chewing you for a while, though. It's been chewing me, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> hacking away at me. But but um, but now and now I'm I'm sort of gradually building in my own personal stuff, which is great. And it'll I I. I've seen people who just quit mm. and they they don't know what to do and yeah. I've never been one so over the past five years I've been trying to find myself again and do and do that it sounds very deep but it, but it's it but it's got a purpose you know yes. because I don't ever want to stop sculpting yes. I don't ever want to stop do that I've just got to find my own route because yes. I won't be working to do anything else so um but but I'm coming to the end and it is going to be interesting because of all the the kids the you know the the people who are coming into it now mm. they more so than I remember being asked decades ago is CG going to affect computer generated images CGI going to affect your work you know when I think you were around when we were being asked this you know and you go no no we'll work you know alongside CG will gradually dominate I do think now you know yeah. it's the way it's going so so I think. It's it's a tougher call for people. It is a tougher They're call. going to have to learn technicalities like ZBrush, like computer. They're going to have to understand all of that, mm. and they're still going to have to be able to provide the goods as well. You know that they're going to be able because they demand perfection when you're making a stand-in. It's yeah, not yeah. just a blue shape and a blob. It's got to be really good. So, but you've got to just take on board more stuff. Yeah. And I worry that that mm. alternative way of doing things won't be enjoyed by the people doing it in the way no. that we did when we made stuff practically. That's the thing. And if I, I don't know though, because um, because they don't know, they won't know any other way. So yeah. so you know, we just you know we're we're just leaning on the bar now, Stu, having a good old you know back in the day when I were a lad. You know, do you remember when we did this? But that's kind of what we're doing. But the people who are coming into it are going to be embracing it and moving on, and so they're going to be enjoying it and then in 30 years time they're going to be doing a podcast you know to, to someone saying well you know I remember when we had to to do both computer yeah, yeah. and stuff so mm. it's just the way it goes sadly true enough yeah, yeah. we're just old funny duddies love well we're barely out of out of our <laughs> I'm bad I don't know I'm digging a hole for myself here <laughs> <laughs> I still love it <laughs> This was, um, I assumed it was a sock, ch sock challenge. So um, this shows the creativity of people. So basically it was, um, I've got some black and white ankle socks and a whole load of stuff in the middle and people had three minutes to, uh, to, to design um, um, an animal using their socks. And 
And is it um, Catherine, you know, uh, Josh's wife, she was here. She said it was the most stressful time of her entire life because I was calling the minutes. And, uh, and I thought everyone were incre- incredibly creative. Huh. And it's amazing what you can do when you have oh, to do yeah, it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> a certain amount of time. I thought they were brilliant. They were yeah. amazing. I have to get a photo Three minutes. It's a great game. You just... Um, uh, you know, a couple of ankle socks uh, to make a hand puppet, and for kids as well, you put it in the middle of the table. Well, sod kids, you know the adults love it. It was, it was all I could hear was, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, you know, <laughs> brilliant. That's amazing. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I, I particularly like that picture. That is very funny. Yeah. Can I get a photo of that? Oh, of course. That you is can. hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's the standard that we need in the industry. I mean, that's why we're here. Yes, yeah. the, the three-minute sock challenge. I think was for <laughs> three-minute sock challenge. That's it would be like that's your uh, that's your interview. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how you respond is a very good indication of how you will crack under pressure. <laughs> there, that's that's the look of a man who's hung like a fucking bear. <laughs> so there we go. Um, so yeah, no, I had a good old chat with Pauline. I thought it was fantastic, um, and I, I'm hoping she'll we'll, we'll chat again. She'll come on again. Uh, she's probably having about now actually she's probably having a surgery so she's having a hip replacement so i wish her well i'm hoping she's all fixed up i'm gonna go see her i think and see how she's getting along um and then get her back get her talking again that'd be great see the rest of these these sculptures she sent me some pictures of the sisters that she sculpted you know those three figurines Mm -hmm. um so that should be interesting to see all those and they look absolutely gorgeous in bronze they're really nice Tell your friends, and if you want to email us at the show, you can do so at stuartandtodd at gmail.com. Yeah, we're now on Instagram. I'm trying to get up pictures of all the podcasts we've done. Yeah, it's quite funny. Like, I saw you posting the pictures up, and I was like, oh, yeah, we got that. You know, and it's kind of like people forget. They ask about such and such, and they just didn't look back in the back catalog and realize, yeah, we've got quite a few there. We're up to, you know, 41, 42 now. So there's, there's a few there, and we're still going strong. We've got a few more that I've recorded that I haven't had time to edit. Um, but they'll be worth the wait. It was a great chat. I'm glad we get a chance to catch up and what a, what a great conversation you had with Pauline. That was awesome. Yeah, it was very good. I really enjoyed it. And uh, like I said, I want to do another one. Uh, I'm hoping to speak to Nick as well, a business partner, because he is, uh, the the animatronic side of things. And uh, I don't really do animatronics. So I think it will be a fantastic chat to have. And he actually doesn't live far from me. So watch out, Nick. I shall be there soon. And we should probably get uh, Mr. Lazzarini on on board as well. I think he would would dig it. And I know our listeners would. uh... Well, you know, we have a Facebook page, Battles of Bixer Rubber, on Facebook, oddly. And you've got us up on Instagram. So Mm -hmm. you've been uh, slamming those pictures away. Battles of Bixer Rubber on Instagram. So look us up on there and you can message us direct or email us direct at stuartandtodd at gmail.com if you have any questions or you want to ask something uh, or if you can think of anybody that we should talk to that we haven't, uh, we haven't do yet and you want, to, you want us to have a chat and see, uh, we would uh, appreciate your input. And we've got some fun things coming for you, uh, swag-wise. Yes, the website is slowly being built. I did say my lady that's building the website has been poorly, uh, but she's on it and it's going to look lovely and it's all very good, but it's just like, oh, you know, one of those things. But uh, she's, she's, she's uh, doing sterling work, bless her. But, uh, but stuff's slowly getting there. I'm a slow train. I do keep moving, but I'm just a very (laughs) slow train, but I do get there. I'm carrying a lot of stuff. That's the trouble. It's a cold train into Brighton. (laughs) Well, Guildford actually. (laughs) Uh, But, um, 
So, yeah, so there we go. So, dude, this has been fun. Yeah. And uh, we shall do this very soon. Uh, we should probably do another one where we, you know, just you and me chat. I mean, the interviews are good, but uh, we need to have a bit of a chat chat as well. So Indeed. We'll, Look forward to that. We'll sort one yes, sir. All okay, right, mate. Buddy. Talk to you soon. Well, good to hear you, uh, your voice, and, and good to see that you're getting – you look – You look. I don't know how you're feeling, but you're looking better. Thank and you're you. you're sounding better. Yeah. Nope. I'm – I'm on my way. Woohoo! Awesome. Nice one, dude. Good yeah, to babe. see you there. Talk to you <laughs> soon. Take care, buddy. Bye.